Hi, welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. I really need to find a new introduction phase. I'm getting bored of saying that all the time. I need to try something different, maybe some music or something like that. Um, interesting subject for you today, something that I've um, been very involved in myself in, in, in recent times and I've also um, taken a, kept a close eye um, in the case that uh, we're going to discuss today, which is not so long ago, a couple of years ago now probably, um, time does fly, Azim Rafiq, scandal, racism scandal broke at Yorkshire Cricket. Um, it was a, a big eye-opener for, for many people. And the gentleman that I brought to be a guest in the show today was uh, was was involved with it from, from very early doors. I'm talking about none other than the cricket badger himself. James Butler, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm oh, very good, Kazim. It's very good to speak to you. Likewise, likewise. And it's nice to know your name and the person that sits behind the Cricket Badger podcast, because I just knew you as the Badger. Um, and it's only recently now that I know it's your good self behind it, James. So it's a pleasure, pleasure to have you on. I love the work that you do. I'm, a, I'm an admirer of a lot of your, your stuff on social media. So it's, it's a pleasure to have this chat with you today. I want to go kind of right back, get your memory working here, James. Um, you were really kind of quite pivotal uh, in helping the uh, Azim Rafiq scandal come out. Please tell me when you first heard about the allegations being made by Azim Rafiq. I mean, first and foremost, I worked for Yorkshire. I was the media manager at Yorkshire for um, four years full-time and then two years as uh, as a freelancer. Um, so I knew Azim when I was working at the club. We weren't, we weren't buzzing buddies by any means. We kind of, you know, he's a player, I was the media manager, and we kind of like rubbed along as, uh, as kind of pros, I guess, in, in that environment. But um, I read the uh, interview that he did in Wisdom. Um, to hear at Wisdom did a, a very nice interview with Azim, um, but I felt I felt when I read it that the racism bit was hidden quite a long way down the article. It was um, obviously you know, Azim had a, a stillborn baby, which was incredibly sad for him, and I know he still suffers with the memory of that, and probably always will do. Um, but to hear went through various things at the club, but the racism thing was in there. And I'd been um, been meaning to get in touch with Azim to get him on my podcast for a while. Um, obviously, somebody that I that I, I know, um, and he came on the podcast and we delved a little bit deeper. We didn't; it wasn't purely just about racism, but it was about his his life and times in cricket. But the racism thing obviously came up off the back of the wisdom um, interview that he'd done, um, and we went a little bit bit deeper into that. And then around the edges of the chat, like we've just done, we had a bit of a chat before you press record. Um, and after we pressed stop at the end of the interview, we had another chat. And I, I, I messaged him a couple of days later and said, are you okay? That was quite, you know, that's quite an eye opener really. Um, and uh, we started talking and we haven't stopped talking since really. We've kind of messaged each other daily or speak daily ever since that podcast. And that podcast was um, August, 2020. Um, so, that's, yeah, as you mentioned, that's quite some time ago. And I I just, I, I started tweeting, you know what I'm like on Twitter. Um, I started tweeting about it and sort of said, you know, something should be done about this. It's just the fact that Azim had said what he'd said. Um, I just thought the, the club can't just, can't just ignore this. This, this. this is wrong. And it's a club I care about. You know, I'm not, I haven't just worked at the club. It was a club I supported before I worked there. Club I still support, um, and I I wanted the club to actually 
kind of, I guess, take it seriously. And that's all Azim's ever wanted, really, was for them to take it seriously and to actually listen to him and give him the respect of actually, um, you know, writing it down when he actually told them about it, not just kind of mentally throw it in the bin. So I, I kind of started tweeting, but it kind of got, it became evident to me that my podcast, although it's a fantastic podcast, hadn't got the reach um, that maybe was necessary to really bang it home. Um, my Twitter feed um, was getting a lot of people talking about it, but it wasn't really get, getting any traction. So off the back of that, I, I know George DeBell at Crickinfo, and um, so I messaged him and said, George, I've had Dazim on the podcast. Could you just give it a listen? I gave him the actual kind of, I think I gave him the minutes of the, the bit where we talked about racism and said, this just isn't right. You know, the, the club is just ignoring Azim on this. Um, there may be a piece in this for you, maybe not, but um, I hope there is kind of thing. So we need to kind of stir this up a little bit because it's just not, it's just not right that Azim, as ladies, you know, in the meeting that Azim had with um, with the club where he um, gave his uh, you know, allegations of racism against the club, the club didn't do anything, did nothing at all, and then released Azim very soon afterwards. And that's no way to treat somebody, you know, whether you believe them or not, whether somebody, if somebody, whatever the complaint is, whether you believe the complainant or not, you make notes, you investigate and you come to a proper conclusion that you think is fair and right. They did nothing. And then they released us in shortly afterwards. And I just felt that, that was just, it, it, it didn't taste, taste nice when I heard Azim talking about it. George, um, George was busy. It was the summer. Um, George was involved with the test matches, obviously, and um, was at Crick Info at the time. Obviously, he's moved on to the cricketer since. Um, but then George did a piece, um, and George um, took some quotes out of the podcast, but he also spoke to Azim as well. Um, and it wasn't until then, really, that the club started to actually have to make some responses because George, you know, Crick Info had the capacity to blow it open a lot more. Um, and then obviously the rest has moved on since there. But for so long, Kazim, um, the DCMS thing came up. Um, that was November of last year. Um, it wasn't until probably four weeks before the DCMS hearing that people seemed to suddenly start to take it seriously. Because, you know, even after George had done his um, article, even after, you know, I kept banging on about it's been X amount of days since um, Azim first made his complaints and still nothing from the club. Um, nobody was really trying to do anything because what Yorkshire did, and I think this is the this is the unforgivable part of this. Um, there's racism everywhere. You'll know more than I do, but there's racism everywhere in, in our society, unfortunately. And that, so it's no surprise that there's racism in cricket as well, because cricket is part of society. And I think if you are in a situation where somebody is in front of you saying, I think I've been bullied, stroke, a victim of racism, you I seem to think the first temptation is to say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to listen to that. We don't want to admit to that. We don't want to be classed as racist because nobody wants to be classed as racist. But the, I don't think there's any harm in people saying, look, we've, we've effed up here. We've made a mistake here. We've, you know, there has been situations where you've been in, a, in, in, a, in a situation that you shouldn't have been in as a, as a member of our staff. Um, and I think if, if people did that, we'd get on a lot quicker. Um, yeah, it would have been, what... been, been 
a lot less of a car crash. Yeah. I mean, before we get to the DCMS stuff, they released, I mean, they, they took an awful long time. I think they thought it was going to go away, like you say. Yeah. Um, and they dragged their heels and they dragged their heels. And then they, they released the report and they called racism inappropriate behaviour. They, they didn't release report. They released really? their version of the report. Their version of it, okay. There's a, there's a big distinction there because it was the club's sanitised version of what they wanted the public to see rather than the actual full report, which is which has no, never been released. Okay. Um, and But, yeah, as you said, um, unacceptable behaviour or whatever the phrase was, was, yeah, that that is um, somebody calling somebody something they shouldn't have done and you know, to something that's it's petty, isn't it? Unacceptable yeah, behavior yeah. is petty stuff. It's not racism. That racism is um, racism. Full stop. That's what you call it. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously Nasser is in. Um, it got coverage in the morning of the test match. They obviously as well released it. It was all kind of a you know, it had a, a game plan behind it um, that the test is starting, and, and it will kind of filter through that. Thankfully, it didn't, and it got it got noticed, and and some of the big pundits, i.e. Nasser, said commented on it as well. But I mean, after you covered the podcast and you started banging the drum, how has it been for you? And I've seen some of the, some of the the remarks made towards Azim. I've faced a lot some of it myself in recent times. What about you, being a a person from a white a white a white gentleman, you know, supporting. Um, uh, a South Asian cricketer who's spoken out against a big institution like Yorkshire, who you happen to support as well. You've been part of the the staff there. Have you had any backlash from those early stages? I've had some horrible messages. Um, but I, I mean, th- to be honest, I mean, I can take I can take all of that BS really because um, I know that I'm I can know I can look at myself in the mirror because I've done the right thing. Um, but I. It does open your eyes. And and to be honest, I mean, just to kind of go back a step, and I think George has said something very similar. Um, as a white person um, in the world and in cricket, you, you you don't, you're not looking out for racism. You're not, we're not, you know, not programmed to look for racism because it's not something that affects us day to day. Um, there's certain things in my life, Kazim, which um, probably make me look at it a little bit more than others do. I know George has got a um, a non-white grandchild, and I think that's kind of made it a bit more personal for George. Um, one of my best mates is um, probably my oldest mate, um, 10 years old in my primary school. He appeared in my playground. I'd only ever seen in Indian people playing cricket on television because I came from quite a rural um, town in, in east of England. And uh, my first words to him were, do you like cricket? He said yes, and we've been mates ever since. Um, so I've I've kind of seen Santanu and his experiences a little bit. I I found myself um, in Zimbabwe um, in 2012, and I went out to a, quite a remote village, um, and uh, a, a, a black guy said, "Do you want to come to me for a beer?" That the that the local um, sort of shack beer pub thing, and on the on the walk down to the um, to have a have a pint with him, I uh, I became very aware that there were a lot of little kids staring at me, um, and I, I 
kind of, I, I kept walking and they got a bit close and they started giggling. And I, so I said to um, my friend that was taking me to the, for, for a drink, what are they, what are they saying? Cause they were speaking in the, like a local dialect. I had no idea what they were talking about. And he said, um, they haven't seen a white man this close before. And um, so I said, oh, right. Okay. And I kept thinking about that. And then um, they got a bit closer. In fact, they almost like surrounded me. Um, and uh, I, I again asked, what, what are they saying? And um, he said, they're asking if they can touch you. And that it was really peculiar. But looking back, it was, it was, it was quite, um, quite amazing. And so I put my arm out, my kind of bare skin right arm, and they started touching my arm. And then they started laughing again. And I said, what are they saying now? And they said, um, he said, they're saying you you feel just like they do, um, and that that kind of I went for the beer, and I've thought about that a lot actually over the last two years because to me, um, a lot of racism is about a mistrust of things you don't know. I think and don't understand and don't have the uh, gumption to actually read up, read up about. Um, and for these kids to stroke my arm, my white arm with their black hands. Um, and to say that they and kind of like wide-eyed sort of saying he feels the same as we do that kind of says it all really isn't it because we're yeah, all the same well, yeah if well, everybody's got the same needs and desires in life we all want to be loved we all want to eat we all want to be warm we all want to have somewhere safe to live we all want to be able to smile more than we we frown and everybody's got the same desires and the same needs in life it's just that we look different and that's the only difference I can I can relate to the, that that much. So my mother is is white. I'm from a mixed race background. My father is from Pakistan. Mother is is, is a Scottish lady. And when we went to Pakistan, and I'm walking down the street with my mum, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, not so much now. Times have moved a little bit more forward. But back then, it was like, you know, and and it wasn't that they. And I used to feel a bit like, why are they all looking at my mum? You know, getting I've got you know I've got that macho man thing on. My mum here, don't that nobody. But it was just curiosity yeah. of oh this is something different we've not we've not seen this um and i think it's a beautiful thing beautiful yeah. story that, that you share there and that that's that and the, the thing with that story is that that is as you said the word curiosity is exactly right they're curious they want to know a little bit about what you are and how you feel and and stuff and it's there's a difference between that and staring at people thinking right if he comes any closer i'm going to smack him in the face because he's different <laughs> isn't it and it's a totally different thing Absolutely, absolutely. I want to take you back a bit. I don't want you to go into too much detail because I'm sure some of it's a bit derogatory, but I'm curious to know what kind of what kind of backlash have you had? Give me an idea of some of the kind of DMs I'd imagine a lot of the times or of, you know, what, what kind of stuff's been said to you as a white person who's taking a stance against racism? What What are you doing backing that XYZ? Um why are you um i mean what one of the things actually that the only thing that actually really bothered me um was that when people said um why do you call yourself a yorkshire supporter when you're having a crack at the club like this um and i've been a yorkshire supporter um well forever and the um as i say fan worked there covered it in the media since i've got quite a unique angle on it really seen it from three different distinct aspects and the only thing i haven't done is play for the club um so the 
it, it matters to me. Cricket means the world to me, and Yorkshire cricket is my team. Um, so for people to say, um, kind of almost like you're a traitor, it's disgraceful you doing this to the club. It's it's embarrassing. I mean, the, the actual journalist at the Yorkshire Post um, said the cl- you're an embarrassment to the club. It's embarrassing what you're doing, um, and that actually hurt. That's the only time it hurt. Yeah, people calling me names and stuff. I can take that, but when people actually describe what you're doing as being almost like unfaithful to your team, that, that, that actually hurts because what I was actually trying to do was to make my club better uh, because my club had behaved badly and my club had done the wrong thing. And I was trying to actually say to my club, wake up please and actually do the right thing. And it's taken all of this stuff. And even now, I mean, obviously Lord Patel's gone in there and, and everything's, um, hopefully moving in the right direction or a better direction now. Um, but even now it's not complete and the journey hasn't been finished. Um, so, yeah, it, it's taken a lot to actually wake cricket up. And even then it's only opened one eye, I think, and and kind of that's blinking regularly. Um, so I want my club to be better. I want my club to be the best it can be. And obviously having a racist undertone or overtone or and how it treated Azim and other players that have come forward obviously since. Um, and other people, not just players, but people around the club and people who are spectators and fans. Um, that, that's unacceptable to me. So I'm, I'm trying to wake my club up to be better and to actually take it seriously. And as you mentioned, I think they tried to dig a trench. They tried to dig it as deep as possible. They tried to throw everything in it and, and, and hide behind it so that they didn't have to actually tackle it and didn't have to actually own up to anything, didn't have to admit to any guilt. And I, I, even now, I think a, a lot of the people in positions of power at the club through this process who are no longer there because they've, they've had to move on. But I think if you were to open them up inside and actually find out what they think about it, I think even now they would say that they haven't done anything wrong. And that that is beyond belief because the, there's two parts of it, Kazim, to me. There was what happened to Azim, um, and obviously a lot of that's been documented. A lot of that hasn't come out, but they that's obviously wrong. But that's an individual, and and that's his story. But I think, it, in a way, the worst part of this is actually not doing anything about it, having a player sitting in front of you, crying his eyes out, telling you, uh, yeah, I've just lost my child, I've just, you know, and I've undergone this at your club and not doing anything about that. And then giving, you know, people like me, giving the opportunity to then do something about it again and then still not doing anything about it. That is, that's just, well, it's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, Massively it's, wrong. It's, 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 it's unacceptable. I mean, First and foremost, big respect to you. You know, you said, you mentioned it earlier on the podcast. If you're able to look at yourself in the mirror and you know deep inside yourself that you've done something for the right reasons, then, you know, my, screw everybody else. That, that That's that's kind of where I've got to. You can't please everybody. You can't make everybody, you know, understand this instantly, unfortunately. It's very much the same in Scotland. It's, it's a slow burner, mm-hmm. you know. Scotland, Cricket Scotland have actually put out an acceptance that racism exists, which is a lot better than what Yorkshire did mm. for, for a long period of time. Um, and even now, you know, the silence on the subject, 
People don't want to talk about it. I only actually playing cricket on Saturday. I had the first conversation with somebody that just opened, that was quite happy to get and, and that's what I would like to see. I would like to see more discussions about it. And that just strikes me as people think, nah, it's, it's not really a problem. It's not that big an issue. You know, these players are like for Azim down there, they've, they've, they've blown it out of proportion. You know, they're bitter about their careers and, and stuff, but they, you know, it's, they haven't lived what what people of colour have. And now it's proving up here as well as with so many people coming forward. I think people are starting now to think, all right, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is an issue. But your bravery and the likes of George as well, you know, and there's a chap up here in Scotland as well who spoke out with us very early. I don't know if you've maybe come across him, Paul Reddish, who put himself out there. Um, and I know he's faced some backlash as well for doing so. You know, I've, I've got utmost respect for you because in situations like this, it can't always be the people of colour who come and take a stand. Sometimes you need to have the support of, you know, your white counterparts to stand with you because I feel if it's just the people of colour banging the drum, people just think, well, this the term that gets thrown around, they're just playing the race card. And that, think, um, that, that's hurtful. I, I think, I mean... Uh, I, I, I always try and not speak for Azim when I do stuff like this because it's it's up to him to say stuff. But he, he said to me, um, he got more support from white people than he did from, you know, brown people or black people. I mean, the, the, the looking yourself in the mirror line um, that came from Michael Carberry because um, probably three months before I spoke to Azim, Carbs came on the podcast, um, and we got and it was just after the George Floyd murder, um, and. I wanted to do something on race and I've got carbs on um, and carbs has been quite vocal, I think in his career and often ignored um, and frustrated by that. I think and angry about that at times, but he, he gave me the line racism is rife in cricket. And that actually went quite viral around the world, that um, Carberry interview. Um, but he said to me, um, you know, if I can, br- when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, if I can look in the mirror and like, uh, you know, and respect the man that's looking back at me, then that's okay. Um, and I, you know, so there's certain little sound bites and certain little things that I've kind of, from Azim, from Carbs, from that experience in Zimbabwe, from my mate, from, from other things where you kind of think, I can't ignore this. And I think it was Ebony Rainford Brent said after the George Floyd, Floyd murder, um, you got to, got, you can't, it's not good enough just to say you're not racist. You've got to actually speak up and, and actually be not racist. And call people out and, and what have you. And so there's all those kind of like little different things that have happened probably to me over the last sort of two or three years that have made me quite receptive to Azim when he came to me. Yeah, I was speaking to Azim as well. Um, I, it was actually after I seen your podcast, um, James, the Badger podcast with Azim, that I didn't know Azim. I knew of him as a cricketer. I reached out to him. I could relate to some of the, some of the things that he was saying on the podcast. And I've been friends with him ever since. You know, as you know, he's a he's a he's a great man, and I, and I've it's it's hard to see the kind of what he's gone through. You know, he's he's his mental health has suffered severely. It's still he's, a, he's it, still it, going it, through it, mate. He's still yeah, going through it. Yeah, but a lot of people, a lot there's this kind of narrative with with certain people um, that Azim did all of this for some notoriety. He did all of this because he was bitter because his career stopped. He did all of this because he wanted the cash. Um, and I'll tell you what, if you've gone through, if you've, I mean, as I said, I've been in touch with Azim probably daily ever since August 2020. 
and he has gone through utter, utter crap. Yes, and how many have suffered? He suffered. Um, yeah, no matter how much um, money he got from compensation, which he deserved, by the way, um, from Yorkshire County Cricket Club, it doesn't pay back two years that have been lost, plus more before that, and probably still to come. Doesn't pay back all of the crap that he's got on social media and, and what have you. Um, it wouldn't be worth it, honestly. I wouldn't. I would, if you're if you're looking for a quick book out there and you want to try and get get money quickly, the Azim Rafiq model is not is not no, a no, way to not, do it. It's not. It's it's really not. And can, it's just it hurts. It hurts to see what he's uh, what he's gone through. But his bravery alone has allowed this subject to grow further afield. And we have now realised that it's not just an issue with Yorkshire cricket. If anything, Yorkshire cricket is flying ahead of everybody else right now. This is a this is this is countrywide, and it's also in Scotland as well. So you know, I hope one day we we we'll, you know, we'll look back in ten years' time, and he'll be remembered as being the brave person who, who unlocked the the issue of racism in cricket, rather than I think at the moment people who is still in denial or, if I can quite frankly just say it bluntly, are racist, because that's the only other way I can see it. If people are going to be against this subject and say, oh, it's a lot of nonsense, then it makes me question who they are as, as, as individuals. But I hope majority will look back. I mean, there is a lot of support out there. It's grown. So many people are now in support um, that people look back and say, big respect, people like yourself, George Bell who have covered this story, because it could have been easy for you to turn the blind eye as well and say, you know, he's speaking against my club. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dodgy subject. So your bravery as well to cover it and then to start taking a, a stance, even though you were getting a backlash, I commend you. I mean, it's, well, I've got utmost respect for you for that. I, I, I'll tell you what, Kazim, I think if it had gone the other way and Azim had, and the club had managed to silence Azim and he'd gone away quietly... I, I think my work would have suffered. I, yeah, I think my press pass... Well, when um, Kamlesh Patel arrived at the club, my press pass had been cancelled. I wasn't getting the mailing lists, um, press releases. I'd kind of, I, I was being cancelled by Yorkshire County Cricket Club at yeah. the time um, because I was the, I was the problem. Um, so, yeah, it could quite easily have gone a very different way. And I, even now, I, I haven't been back to the club since all of this kicked off, I've not been back to a game. My friend that I mentioned that I met in the playgrounds coming up to uh, stay um, middle of this week, it's the Roses match at Headingley, and I'm going along to, with him as a punter, not as a member of the press, but as a punter, sit in the stands and watch the game, and hopefully it'll be sunny. Um, and I'm actually quite nervous. Um, this is, you've, yeah, not been, my, you've, not been to Head, you've not been to Headingley since? No, and it's my, it's my club. It's the club I've supported. I was a member, etc. as I've said. But I'm actually quite nervous about going back to the grounds. I know Azim's not been back to Headingley. And he, we've had the conversation where he said, you know, I don't know if I can face it yet. Um, because there's so much has, been, has happened over the last two years. And for Azim, obviously, longer than that. Um, where you know that there are people there that don't appreciate what you've done. Yeah. Um, and so, you know... Going back to the going back to the ground when I go on Thursday for the day one of the uh, the Roses match, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be a strange experience, I think, going back to the ground after all this time. 
Well, listen. I hope um, you don't face any nonsense at the ground. I'm, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you won't, and people will choose to keep any thoughts that they have to them to themselves. That would be that that would be better. But you have every right, as you say, to be going back to watch the team you support just because you've stood up for what's right, and it, and it's proven to be right, and things are moving in the right direction now. Hopefully, it'll be. Hopefully, if anything, it'll be a nice experience that you see some, you know, a different environment. Um, and things have moved forward. I mean, what what you said about the club being ahead of everybody, um, th- that's actually really nice to hear because sometimes you get a bit too close to the subject and you don't actually get that kind of more outside perspective. And that that's what, when I've, you know, all of these conversations, the many, many hours I've had with Azim where we've talked, to, talked around and about this subject, both of us have said it's our club. He's got a cap that he's massively proud of, that he's worn... And, and earned by playing. Um, I've got obviously years invested in the club in various capacities. It's our, it's our club, just like it is any other member and every, any other supporter. And we just wanted it to be better. Um, so you saying that it's actually further forward is, is a good thing because that's what we wanted. When we when we started out on, on this, um, I hate the phrase, but journey, sounds like some reality show, doesn't it? Um, I... Um, the, getting to the stage where the club had actually woken up to the situation, had actually um, done something about it, and then was actually moving on in a positive way, where inclusivity was very, very important to them. Uh, that's where we wanted to be, and that's where the club's getting to now, which is good. I'm, I'm at that. I feel that frustration just now where you were, probably after. You know, after Azim spoke, after you'd done the podcast, I remember it was months and months and months of kind of like banging the door. And it was just, you know, nothing. Oh, there's a, something will be coming soon. Something will be coming soon. We in Scotland have probably moved forward from that. But I want to see the changes. I want to see the positive change. And I feel that's a slow burner at the moment. Um, so I'm looking at Yorkshire and I'm slightly, I've gone from thinking, what a state that what a state Yorkshire are that, you know to terrible to actually looking at them now and thinking wow it just shows you if you bring the right people in you create the right environment it's amazing how things can go in the right direction I, I always think because in that there were a complaint of any nature but obviously racism is right up there um it's an opportunity um if you get told by somebody it's like getting con- constructive criticism isn't it you know you it's a chance to actually make yourself better and, and to improve. And I always felt on this situation that the club was missing, really missing the, the point um, in trying to kind of deflect and defend and protect themselves and, and to try and make it look like nothing was going on. Um, they, they missed a massive opportunity. It's, well, that's what it was, an opportunity to be better and to actually learn from what's gone on and to actually um, make, make the changes two years ago. Um, but we've had to wait for all of this, you know, all of this um, self-protection and ego and whatever else that's been involved at the club to before we can get to the stage where that door's actually open a little bit. It's not fully open, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of spectators that are still maybe not got quite the right attitude. Um, there are probably still people at the club that have probably not got the right attitude. I don't know. But it's a chance, isn't it? It's a chance to be better than they were. And I mean, let's face it, it's a low bar, but it's a chance to be better than they were. Yeah, that's something that's been said to me in all of this um, from people that, that have been close to me. It's interesting what you said about Azim. I feel exactly the same way. 
it's been more good white people who have been more supportive than people from my own background. So I can I can I can totally I don't I, I don't know why why that is. I can't put my finger on it, but something that I've been told quite often is you have to give people a chance, and I I agree with that. Even if you have had certain views, we all deserve. There's no point just completely whitewashing everybody and saying you know that's it you've got those views and you close that you close that door you give people a chance I think where Yorkshire messed up that you're right in saying is they didn't really want to take to be to have that chance they wanted to just try and brush it under the carpet and in the long run they made it they made it worse for themselves yeah. I'm very hopeful that doesn't happen happen up here um, and people you know take accountability and learn and understand that and we move forward for the better how do you see this? I mean, we've had some great things happen now. I mean, I just covered the Lords of Thari with a few with a few great guests there. Um, that that was a pivotal moment. I mean, to think, James, women weren't allowed in the long room at Lords up until not that long ago, and now you're hosting a, an Aftari with the Azan getting heard. Is it, it, that's got to be something moving in the right direction? Oh, it's, I, I think it was great. Um... I, and the way you say about women not being invited, you know, I mean, it's not just, this isn't just about race, is it? It's about everything. It's all the isms and all of the kind of bigotry and stuff that we've seen in the past in, in all walks of life, just trying to make the world a better place. And people call it woke, but just look at what woke means in the dictionary. It means waking up to bigotry and, and, and disadvantage and, and, and prejudice. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Call me woke. I'm more than happy to wear that badge. Um, because if you if we want the, the game to be, I mean, the, the stupid thing is in cricket is that I, I mean, I, I grew up watching that great West Indies team, all black guys. I grew up watching India and Pakistan coming here and watching like the likes of Gavaskar and then that kind of rolled into Tendulkar and what have you. Yeah, most of the people that I've enjoyed watching cricket, um, playing cricket more than anybody were people of colour. They weren't white guys. Yeah, the England team, obviously I've had my own heroes in, in the Yorkshire team and, and England team in the past, but mm-hmm. a lot of the people I've, you know, Viv Richards was the guy I wanted to be when I was a kid. He was incredible. Um, and so we've got a wonderful sport that's full of people that look different than to, than to each other. But that doesn't, yeah, every, cricket's the common thing. Just play cricket and just enjoy it. And all of the, this other crap around the edges is just unnecessary, isn't it? And that's the same with the rest of society. But it's not, but it's women as well, you know, growing the women's game and making women feel part of cricket. Um, I tweeted the other day, actually, I think you, you liked it. You, so one of my friends um, uh, messed, uh, phoned me up uh, a couple of days ago and said, we've got five Muslim guys in our club team. Oh yeah, how, I saw that. You know, how do we how do we kind of get them included and make them focus? Um, the bar takings are important to us. We need to keep the club afloat and keep the money coming in, and the bar takings are a big part of that. But we want them to be part of the club and to feel part of the part. So I I I, t- I gave him the advice of just sort of talking to them and getting them to be part of the process and getting them to be included in how the club moves forward so that they can play their part and maybe organizing some social functions that are maybe a slightly different, more, more, more to their liking. And, um, but that, it, that's a good thing that those conversations are, are starting to happen now because that conversation has probably wouldn't have taken place 10 years ago. No, I don't believe it would have. I don't yeah. believe those conversations would have taken place. And there are similar conversations I'm seeing around me slowly, but surely up here as well. And this is all down to the fight of one young man who, 
you know, showed incredible bravery. And, 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 and as you said, you're, you, you know, you speak to him regularly. He's probably, sad as it is to say, from speaking to him just recently, he's probably at his... That is, he's, he's, he's struggling. Like, he really... It, it's, it's taking its toll on him, his family. You know, the easiest thing to do would be almost to just stop. Mm. But he doesn't stop. And, and, and he, he's lucky. You know, we, we're they, all behind him. And, but that's what... That's what makes that's what makes what he's doing incredible because he really has fought a lonely battle. I mean, not that many other cricketers from England came forward. I was lucky when I spoke. There was another fellow cricketer who spoke with me. So, but Azim had nobody. I mean, he's been lucky to have the likes of yourself, George, and slowly but surely other people. But no other cricketers, from what I've seen in England, really came forward to stand with him. And I just think. And and now, now people are going to take the fruits of that. I just feel people owe them a little bit more um, in relation to supporting them because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people now that probably get fairer opportunities moving forward because of the fight that Azim has done. I think that the one, the biggest mistake Yorkshire made was that they didn't know who their player was. Because the one thing about Azim Rafiq, you only had to watch him play to know that he was a stubborn bugger. Yeah. Um, and he was not going to go away. He, he's not built like that. And um, it's quite obvious that a lot of the people that coached him and managed him when he was at Yorkshire didn't actually know what he was what he was about. Because um, despite the fact that when I first spoke to him, he was obviously a little bit broken, a lot broken in, in places and was very upset and very betrayed and very hurt by what had happened there was no doubt that he was going to dig his heels in and he was not going to, you know, he'd have preferred to go down with them than, than not actually do it, not actually make the fight. So they, they totally misjudged who they were up against. And that was quite, quite illustrative really of the thing, how the club played it all the way through. You know, they obviously didn't know who their, the guy that they'd had in that changing room was really about, despite the fact that he captained the club at various times. I mean, Jason Gillespie saw enough in him to actually make him captain of the club. And yet um, they didn't, re- other people at the club at the same time didn't really see the same traits in him, I don't think. And I've seen some terrific traits in him over the last two years. And like I said, when, when we first talked about it, he wasn't a close mate when I was working there, but he's, he's now because um, yeah, massive respect for him huge respect because he, you know, he, you know, he has Alex, hurt he's been broken he has struggled he, and he has never ever given up do, do you know what's remarkable what I find really remarkable about him as well let's touch on that um, the anti-Semitic remarks came out from his past um, and I remember sitting you probably were feeling the same way you know where we're, we're, you know, you, this is going in the right direction change could come and then this dropped and then you see all the people in social media start piling on. I even even gets it still now. I'm, I'm seeing it still now. People will comment and criticise. Well, who are you to call out racism? You're you're part of the problem. How he's handled himself in that, and how he's gone about showing ownership to what you know. He's made a mistake. He put his hands up, but the way he's actively now gone about change, and he's breaking new barriers now. I mean, there'll be young Muslim South Asian kids out there now that will be looking at him and thinking, you know, we don't have to have that that kind of separation from Jewish people. We, we, we need to engage with them more. You know, the new generation is what we need to focus on. And I think it, it's happened, but I think the way he's just gone about, gone about it since 
has been remarkable. And I think another sign of how brave he is, to, because it would have been very easy at that point as well to just go, oh my God, I've messed up. You know, I, I'm going to go away and hide from this now. I, I, I can't be involved. And I think he's, it's just been class to see how he's, how he's dealt with it. The, the first I found out about that, Kazim, was um, he phoned me and said, this story's coming out. Um, and he, he said, um, and he sent me the, sent me a WhatsApp with the, the story on it. And he said, James, um, if you don't want to be involved in this anymore, um, I understand. Um, and I just said, no, nah, that's not, that's not even, that's not even part of the process. Here. That's not even on, on the table kind of thing, but he'd done the same with George as well. I think he phoned George up and said the same thing to George. Um, and he was gutted. Because it was, I think um, they were eleven years old. Um, I don't think he could even remember doing it. Um, mm. And um, I mean, I, as you say, it still happens now. I, I did a message, I did a tweet the other day, which wasn't even about Azim, and somebody started laying into him um, to me, yeah, um, and saying he's just a hypocrite. He's doing this, that, and the other. It's just a disgrace. He's, he, I'm repulsed by him and all this kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing he's not is a hypocrite. Because what he did, what what all he ever wanted, as I said before, was for people to listen and for people to be accountable and responsible and, and, and take ownership of what they've done. And the first thing he did was contact the Jewish community. Um, he's, yeah, people have criticised him for having photo opportunities with the Jewish community. I'll tell you what, he's had loads more meetings that have been unphotoed as well. He went to Auschwitz um, couple of weeks ago to experience that because he wanted to know more and learn more uh, and that absolutely battered him mentally um absolutely because um, it's a massive subject that isn't it it's huge yeah no it looked um, i mean watching on it looked it looked tough looked and, tough. and the other the yeah. other thing with azim as well um and that, this is sorry this isn't to excuse those tweets because those tweets are completely no, wrong absolutely absolutely but he was a kid who would come over here from pakistan he had played cricket and that's it. I don't think he particularly listened in history lessons at school. I don't think he, he, he didn't really understand the subject. And that's not an excuse, but it's not like, it's not because he had venom in him and, and, and nastiness and racism in him that he did it's those It's the institution tweets. as well, James. It's the institution, he said it himself. We're all part of an institution and there's certain banter and jokes that go around and you're naturally influenced by some of them from a young age. I mean, towards women, for instance, Mm. we all grew up, I'm sure you were the same in school and stuff. The way girls are spoken about in school at times, you look back and think just not appropriate. But it's a good thing, Kazim, because the, the, the journey, it's not like we've gone downhill and we're all, we've all turned into, 1960s, 70s England, we're turning into hopefully something better, aren't we? Where yeah. we respect each other and we actually give each other a little bit more um, empathy and, and what have you and, and try and look after each other a little bit more. That's that's kind of where the world wants to be. But see, it's interesting what you said about, um, you know, Azim's tweets, the anti-Semitic tweets, absolutely you know, horrible stuff. But he's, he's owned that and he's, and he's 
shown, I think, the rest of cricket what how you deal with it. No. You know, instead of just saying no, 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 I'm not, I'm not responsible for this. This isn't, you know, I'm, I'm an innocent, or I've not done this, or if I've done this, I'm just going to walk away and hide. He's actually built bridges and and so much so now that the Aunt Frank Trust invite him as a guest of honour to their events. Um, that's not the actions of a group of people who think that he's a he's anti-Semitic. Um, so I've, I've massive respect for him for what he's done there and and how he's how he's dealt with that. It's you know it's it's, it's a lesson to other people. But as soon as you as, as soon as anything you, you look at his Twitter feed, as soon as he says anything, I, I did something on racism the other day and somebody jumped down my throat and said, "Well, he's a hypocrite." You get people who are just waiting for an excuse to kick back. And if I, I, I wish I'd said it now, and I, I thought about it afterwards. Why didn't you use all of this energy that you're using to slag off Azim Rafiq, who's actually trying to do some good work at the moment, in trying to actually hold Yorkshire to account? When we, when we started off on this journey um, in, in the summer of 2020, and nobody was listening, nobody was paying any attention. Yeah, a few people on Twitter... Um, said some nice things a few people on twitter said shut up and go away kind of thing why didn't all of this vet you know all of this anger and nastiness and stuff that you're piling onto azim for being a hypocrite why didn't you pile that onto yorkshire when you had the chance to actually make a difference you were quiet then so you know belt up now belt up now yeah exactly it's been very um it's been it's been really interesting um to to talk to you james you know uh, it's been, uh, as I said, I watched your podcast way, way back when all this, uh, when when the scandal broke, and I've seen how you've remained involved in this and vocal on this subject. Great to hear that you're still a dear, you've become a dear friend of Azim's. It's great to know that people like yourself have have, have given him that support. Um, yourself, George. I mean, I classify him now as well as a as a dear friend as well. Um, hopefully, maybe one day in the future, I can get myself down. And we can all go and sit and enjoy a, a game at Headingley. I've not been myself for years. My last memory of being at Headingley was actually a great one. Pakistan beat Australia in the 1999 World Cup in the group stages. It was one of the great, great days at Headingley. Um, but I mean, it's it's just been it's been a pleasure to get to get to know you a bit more, James. You're the man behind the Badger Podcast. Um, pleasure to have you on my podcast. Um, you know, best wishes to you with everything with your podcast moving forward and everything that you're doing. And yeah, it'd be nice to nice to meet in person one day. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, sitting at Headingley in the sunshine and just uh, talking about cricket and everything else. But rec- there's been a, just a, one final point. There's been a couple of times, hours and hours of conversations with Azim on the phone. And they have, every now and again, we kind of break away onto something stupid that, you know, just makes us laugh. And um, he's commented a couple of times. That's, that's the first time I've laughed for ages. It's nice to actually just talk about something nonsensical. It would be nice just to be able to actually just enjoy cricket for a change rather than... Um, I, I tend to find that I'm actually feeling kind of like angry too much or, or kind of negative or something in some way. It'd be just nice to enjoy cricket again. Well, I think your club are going in the right direction. They really are. I think they are. And, and I'm sure there's a long way to go. But they're certainly, from what I can see, as long as you can keep the dinosaurs that have tried to push back against the change, as long as they can be kept kept at bay, I, I think it's it's a bright future for Yorkshire cricket. Um, and hopefully you can get back to just enjoying some cricket again. Hopefully Azim can get back to Headingley one day and just try and have some enjoyment out of it again. Because it has. It's been a, it's been a dark time for Yorkshire cricket. And I hope we follow suit 
and in a, in a year a year or so down the line, I can be talking to you as well about some of the great things that are happening uh, in Cricket Scotland as well. And that's all we really seek in all of this. Nobody wants to ruin cricket. We all love cricket. We all love, you know, I love my country that played cricket. You love Yorkshire that played cricket. And it's about getting better. You said that right at the top of this podcast. If we can get better, then that's just a good thing. Uh, and that's all that this is. That's all this is all about. And I think it's about talking about it. It's about not being frightened to make mistakes because everybody makes mistakes in whatever you do. And if it's on, you know, as long as you're trying to go in the right direction, if you make a couple of mistakes, that's fine. Um, It's about forgiving people that that have maybe said the wrong thing in the past. I'm all for Kazim giving people the chance to actually jump over the fence and be non-racist and be on on the right side of of the line. Because if we just basically consign everybody that has ever said anything wrong you know, to, to kind of like the dustbin kind of thing. Say, I don't know, say 10% of the world is racist and 90% aren't. If those 10% aren't allowed to jump over the fence, it's always going to be 10%. We're always going to be having the same conversations. We're never going to move forward. We've got to be able to allow people to change. We've got to be able to allow people to make mistakes. We've got to be able to forgive as long as we can all start to try and go in the right direction and be better. I think that's a, some, some inspiring positive words to finish on. Um, been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. I'll catch you for a second at the end. Um, but yeah, thanks again, James. That's Kazim, and good luck up in Scotland with everything you're doing. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you.